this evening I'm gonna, I'm gonna my, my message is entitled Grace, Love, and Fellowship. Grace, Love, and Fellowship. And, um, you know, Jesus came and he did so much for us. Can you all say amen? amen. I don't know if you, if you, if you, you know, it's hard for us to sometimes fathom the magnitude of the things that Jesus has done for you and I. His grace, His mercy, His love, the way that He lived His life, not only the way that He went to the cross for us, but I'm always astounded at the way that He actually chose to live His life so that you and I could be free, so that we could be delivered, so that we could be in covenant with God. But there are three things I want to share with you this evening that I truly believe Jesus came to do. And, 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 and this is not a complete list. He, he came to do many things. But these three things, I believe, are so important. And it's actually interesting because, you know, Paul, Paul talks about this in one of his prayers at the end of the book of Corinthians. He actually closes in a prayer. And I pray this prayer all the time here at the church. But three things that Jesus came to reveal, and we're going to talk about this this evening. The first thing he did is he came to reveal the Father to us. He came to reveal God as a Father to us. The second thing I want to talk about, and we're going to get into this, is he, he came to give us a better covenant. Amen. He came to give us grace. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Amen. Amen. He came to give us the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. And I'm so grateful that he did that because... We have the Holy Spirit with us all the time. Let's go, to, let's go to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11. Let's start there. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. This is, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinthians. This is the end of his writings to, Corinthians, to the Corinthian church. He says, finally, brethren, this is it. This is the end of it all. I'm, this is, I've been with you. I've taught you. I've corrected you. I've... I've loved you. I've done all of this stuff. I want this, I want this to be my, my, finally my brethren. This is the farewell. Farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I want to see you all do that. Amen. You know, in the, you could say in the past, you could say you're men to men, woman to woman, but nowadays that's just weird, so we're not going to do that, okay? So just don't kiss anyone, okay? <laughs> he says, all the saints greet you, and this next verse is so powerful, and, and, and we say it, we, I pray it, we talk about it, we read it all the time, but do we really understand the magnitude of what he says here? He says, he says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. There are three things that he breaks down here. He talks about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about the love of God and he talks about the communion of the Holy Spirit. And this to me is just, it, it encompasses so much, but it's almost like a breakdown of of the three things that I believe Jesus really wants us to grasp. And let's start with the first one, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
How many of you are grateful for His grace? So when we look at Jesus as our Savior, we see Him as the one who gives us grace. We see Him as the one who gives us life. Can you all say amen? But there's more to it than just talking about grace. It's, if you go to John 1 verse 17, John 1 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we see that there's two covenants. There's the law and there's grace. And grace was given to us. The covenant of grace was given to us through Jesus Christ. You all agree? How many of you know that the old covenant was difficult? It was a difficult thing. No one could do it. You know, Paul speaks about being blameless in the law. But listen, Paul didn't get it right. If you think he did, I'll pray for you. Romans 10.4 says this. It says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And this is important that you understand this because you need to realize that your righteousness cannot be fulfilled in the law. So Christ brings the end of trying to be made righteous according to the law. So because of what Jesus did, we have grace and that grace is given to us, and that grace makes us righteous. So you, when you accept Jesus by faith, become righteous. Are you guys with me? So Moses, the law. Jesus, grace. What does that grace do? It makes us righteous. Are you with me? So, so because of that now, there is nothing that you can do to be righteous. Your righteousness comes by grace. Are you with me? Ephesians 2.8 says it like this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we understand that in the new covenant, we are not made righteous by blood sacrifices, by good works, and by things that we do. We receive grace from Jesus, he's the one who makes us righteous. We just have to have faith and believe and follow him. Are you guys with me? And then we enter into that grace. It's so powerful. But it's interesting because if you go to Matthew 5, 17, take a look at what it says. Jesus says this, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill it. I need you to think about this for a moment. How many of you know that Jesus did not sin? This is amazing. Like, like, like how did he do that? But he did. He did not sin. He fulfilled what was impossible for us to do. What man could not do, Jesus came and he fulfilled it. He did it. He met the requirements of the law. Come on, somebody. He met the requirements of the law. You see, unless he had done that, we would never have been able to be in the covenant that we have today. That covenant had to have been met, had to have been fulfilled. And then when innocence and purity and holiness was put on the cross, there could be another covenant. But he came to fulfill it. He came to, to bring it to, it to a close. In other words, because of what he was able to achieve, 
That's the fulfillment of the law. That's why when the new covenant is birthed out of Him, He's the one who is holy. We can be made righteous not by our works or deeds or fulfilling the law because all we have to do is be in Him. That's what great grace looks like. That's what true love looks like. Are you guys with me? So that's why it's, don't get stuck on, on trying to figure out whether you should sin or you can sin or you must do this and you don't have to worry about that. Just serve him. Recognize what he did, not only in his death, but in his life. He fulfilled it so that you could enter into life in him. You could be made righteous. You could be made whole. The righteous requirement of the law is no longer, it's not required of you anymore because he's done it. Amen. Okay. Ephesians 2 4, 4 says this But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loves us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. Paul, at the end of his teachings with the Corinthian church, after he's taught them, disciplined them, corrected them, taught them about love, taught them about all this stuff, he ends his letter off by saying, listen, this is what it's all about. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you can have your gifts. You can try and do things right. You can do all of this stuff, but you need to recognize that it's only by grace that you are saved that it's not of your works and the things that you do that causes you to be righteous, but He's done it. He has met the requirements. And when He was put to death, there was an exchange for our unrighteousness. You guys know that. Now, when we pray, you know, I'm not going to try and teach you how to pray tonight. I've taught you how to pray. The Bible teaches us how to pray. But I'm just going to be real with you. Is that okay? When I go before God and I like need grace, I always ask Him. I ask Jesus. I'm just being real. Is that okay? I'm not telling you that that's how you must do it. But I know that when I need grace, the source of the grace that flows towards me comes from the cross. So I always look to the cross. I look to Jesus for that grace. Grace is not only righteousness and being made right. It's also something that teaches us how to live righteously. We're not going to get into that tonight. But it all comes from the cross. I'm always looking to the source of grace, which is Jesus. Now, again, that's just how I'm, I'm, just, I'm just weird. You know, that's how I do it. So he starts by saying this first. He talks about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next thing to me is so powerful. He goes on and he says, the love of God or the love. Yeah, he says, he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. That's the next thing. We all know the scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you are grateful? that God loved us so much that he was willing to sacrifice his only son 
so that you and I could have everlasting life, so that you and I could be saved. How many of you think that is great, great love? Romans 8, 38, you all know this. It's a powerful scripture. It says, For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It gives us a picture of what the, what, what the Father, what God's love is really like. How many of you think His love is much more than we can even comprehend? The length, the depth, the heights of His love. So there's a love that comes from God that we need to get a revelation of. We need to get, get a revelation that we walk by faith and not by sight, that our righteousness is because of what Jesus did. Our grace comes from Him. Our grace comes from the cross. But we also need to understand that God is a God of love. The Bible says that God is love. Many people, when they read Scripture and they read the Old Testament, they interpret it as though God is somehow mean or, or not kind or not loving. And the truth is that God has never, ever changed. If you read Scripture in, in the Old Testament or the New Testament, God has always been a God of love. But you have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. The reality is, is that even in the days of old, they didn't understand, even the children of Israel did not understand the love that the Father or that God truly had for them. You and I have been blessed because Romans 8.15 teaches us something extremely powerful. Let's go there real quick. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption sonship, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You see, when Jesus came, He came also to reveal to us that God is a Father. In the Old Testament, they did not understand God as a Father. When you look at the way that they prayed, they prayed to Him in a very reverent way, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful because He is the God of all creation. He is God Almighty. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Nissi. He is Almighty God. We understand all of that. But when Jesus came on the earth, He wanted to explain to us that, listen, He is our Abba Father. He is our Abba Father. We all know the word Abba means Daddy. I don't know if, you, if, you're, if you're a father in this room. I love it when my kids call me Dad, but it's special when they call me Daddy. It's such a powerful term of endurance, of endurement. And we can see here that the, the Scriptures want us to know that He is our Abba Father. Jesus made this very clear. I want to just go to Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 real quick, and then we'll go and look at what Jesus said. Just hang with me. You guys okay? Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is powerful. It's beautiful. With all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and, you, and when you walk by the way. When you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And you shall be as, as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is how they 
this is how they saw the Lord, they, to, to love the Lord. But it was always a sort of a, it was almost almost like, like seen as he's, he's a God and he's almighty and, and he's all powerful. But they didn't fully understand that God is love. They didn't fully comprehend it. And when Jesus came, when he taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to pray in a different way. How many of you know that's true? Let's go to Luke 11 verse 1. You see, for you that kind of knows the Bible a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> you've read this before, so it's, so it's so plain to you and I. It's plain to us. But understand, when, when, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, He says something they've probably never heard before. Let's take a look at it. Luke 11, verse 1. Now, it came to pass when... As he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, watch this now, say, our Father in heaven. This is foreign to them, guys. Our Father in heaven. Jesus came to reveal to us that God is our Father and that his love is the love of a Father towards us. Can you say amen? He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's go to Matthew 6 verse 7. Watch this now. He says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. This is so powerful. Don't be as someone who will be heard for their many words. So we can say a lot of things, but what's the most important thing? He says, therefore, do not be like them, for your father, your father knows the things that you need of before you even ask him. Again, Jesus is wanting to reveal to them, listen, it's not about praying lots of things repetition-wise or, 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 or coming and, and, and bringing, your Father knows. And again, expressing that, listen, the love of God is the love of a Father towards us. If you know what it's like to have a good Father, that's wonderful, but if you don't, I need you to understand that God loves you greater than any love that you've ever experienced before. Jesus, time and time again, wanted to reveal to us that, listen, God is not just all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty, but He actually loves you like, like a father. Matthew 7 verse 9 says, Or what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So when you come to him, approach him as a father, and his love towards you is the love of a father. It's not an ordinary love. It's an agape love. It's a, it's a giving love. It's a fatherly love. And we have to grasp the magnitude and the power of that love. So when I pray, 
again, I'm going to give you just my practical example. I always pray to the Father as a son. And I'm always intrigued by people when they pray. So when you pray around me, just know I'm always listening to everything you say. <laughs> you know, and, and, and this is not in any way critical towards anyone. Everyone has a different walk. But I don't go to him like almighty Father. As much as there are times I'll approach him in, that, in a reverent type way. But when I go to him, I say, Father, because I, 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 I'm, I'm familiar with him in a good way. Are you guys with me? I go to him, listen, I go to him and he loves me as his child that already knows the things I wanna ask and he's gonna, you know, he wants to give good things to me. He wants to bless me, take care of me. He, 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 he knows every hair on my head, the Bible says. Every day has been written in a book for my life. So I go to him and I talk to him as a father. I don't, I don't, you know, you know, I don't, I don't even say heavenly father because I don't need to. It's personal already. There's nothing wrong with saying heavenly father. It's beautiful. Everybody's different. But I'm trying to explain to you that you, you, we, we can get ourselves to a place with him where, where it becomes personal. It's like it's very hard for me. I have an earthly father, but I also have a heavenly father. And, and, and my love for them is very different, but they're both my father. And it's not hard for me to understand that. Are you guys with me? So when I go to him, I approach him as a father. When I need grace, I speak to Jesus. I look to the cross. I look for that grace. I look for that mercy. I'm thankful for that sacrifice. I don't need to go and cut a goat. I don't need to go and do a ritual. I don't need to go to a temple for it. Are you guys with me? It's already been done. The grace is flowing. The grace is flowing for my ministry. The grace is flowing for my future. The grace is flowing. And it all comes from the cross. Everything I need. But when I need compassion, when I need mercy, when I need, when I need to hear from my Father, I go to Him. And I pray to Him like a son does to a father. And I truly believe that Jesus wanted us to catch this revelation. That's why when he referred to God all the time with his disciples, he spoke about their father. When you pray, pray like this, our father. When you ask, ask, your father knows what you need. He wanted to reveal to us the father, the heart of the father towards us. Not this big mean guy in the clouds with a stick, guys. That's not God. That's not the Father that we serve. And when you begin to understand that, that's when you begin to realize nothing can separate you from His love. Because if you're a father in this room, you understand what, it, what would it take for your child to be, come on. Are you guys with me? Let me give you one more scripture before we move on. Are you all okay? Amen. Actually, I think we're just going to move on there. So we understand that it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ 
It's the love of the Father or the love of God. And then he says this. He says, in the communion with the Holy Spirit. And I've shared with you guys many things about the Holy Spirit as the years have gone by, but I really pray that you, 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 you get a revelation of this this evening. Because Paul wanted us to understand something that was so powerful. And that was that the person of God who you have fellowship with, intimacy with, communion with, is the person of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, today in the church, this is so neglected, so not taught. We talk about the Holy Spirit as gifts, manifestations. We talk about the Holy Spirit as fire and power, and all of that is good. But the truth is, He's a person. He is a person. There's no jealousy in the Trinity. It's not weird for me to say I love the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me? Because I do. I love Him. Why? Because He's with me. He never leaves me. He's always talking to me, desiring to lead me, wanting to show me things to come always teaching me about Jesus. He says the communion of the Holy Spirit. The word communion in the Greek is the word koinonia, and it means fellowship. It means partnership. It means close relationship. So let me ask you a question. We know God as our Father, and we have relationship with Him. We know Jesus as our Savior and the one who gives us grace. But who is the one that you will have fellowship with on a daily basis? It's not a trick question. The Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The love of the Father. And the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is how Paul ends this letter to the church in Corinthians. Let's go to John 14, verse 16. John 14, 16. Look at Jesus and the languages he uses here. He says, he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Everybody say forever. How long is forever? Okay, there's no trick word there. It's not a difficult Greek word to understand. The word the word helper there we know is the, is the Greek word parakletos, which means helper, advocate, intercessor, counselor, comforter, encourager. And I love this. One of the, one of the translators says, called to one's aid. He's called to one's aid. This is who the Holy Spirit is. But I also want you to see something very powerful here because Jesus is talking to his disciples, telling them that he's gonna leave them. And he says to them, don't worry, I'm gonna send you another, another helper, another advocate, intercessor, counselor, comforter. I'm gonna send you another. Why is he saying another one? Because he's talking about his replacement. He's telling them that, listen, I'm not gonna be with you. 
but don't worry, I'm sending another one. And he's gonna be just like me. He's gonna teach you. He's gonna reveal things to you. He's gonna comfort you when you need comfort. He's gonna encourage you. He's gonna console you. He's gonna show you things. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He goes on in verse 17, he says, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. The spirit of truth, the word truth there means dependability and uprightness. Listen, everything about the Holy Spirit is good. He is God. He is the spirit of truth that will reveal truth to you, that will open your eyes the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know and understand the things that God has truly given to you long before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He's ordained you to be on the earth right now. You need the Holy Spirit to be the one who opens your eyes, who shows you things, who opens the Scriptures up to you. Why? Because Jesus is not here. Don't get offended. He's at the right hand of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that's here that will testify of the truth. It will teach you everything about Jesus. He's the one who will reveal Jesus to you. You can never know Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He's the Spirit of truth. Without the Spirit of truth, you will never know the truth. But He reveals all truth to you. So you need Him. To do what? To open your eyes, to lead you, to guide you, so that you can walk with Him. That's why those who are led by the Spirit are not under the law. Because they walk in fellowship, koinonia, in relationship with Him. And then relationship is the only way that you're okay. Come on, somebody. Think about what it's like in any situation or any relationship. If there's no relationship in the relationship, there's no relationship. It's not complicated. Jesus said, John 15, 26, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Man, he will testify of me when he comes. You see, he's here already now. How do I know? Because he lives in you. He doesn't come. He's in the room. And he testifies of Jesus. His, his testimony is of the, of the power of the cross and the love of God. He testifies of who Christ is. He testifies of everything Christ is in you and through you. So we need to walk with Him. We need, to, we need to know Him. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, church, the church in Corinth, He's writing to them. He's written 1 Corinthians. He's written 2 Corinthians. He's corrected. He's disciplined. He's shown that He cares for them. And He ends off, He says, listen, this is my farewell. This is what I want to leave you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. When you look at the love and you look at the way Jesus reveals the love of God, He reveals Him as a Father. And then He says, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone, Jesus says. I'm going to send another helper. 
Why? Because I'm not going to be your helper anymore. Don't get mad at me. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And He's going to come and He's going to teach you. And He's going he's gonna to be your friend. How many of you believe that Jesus was the disciples' friend? How many of you believe you can be a friend of God? So you have to become a friend of the Spirit. Where is He? He's already in you. Where's the kingdom when they said to Jesus, where's the kingdom? When is it going to come? He said, the kingdom of God is inside you. The Spirit now dwells in you, is with you, will be with you, will lead you, will guide you, will teach you things, will reveal Jesus to you. You cannot know Him without the Spirit. You cannot know Jesus. You can know about Him, but even the demons know about Him. Are you guys with me? The reason why I'm doing this teaching this evening is because it is so important for me that you and I begin to fully grasp and understand that we need to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to understand where our grace comes from. It is not of ourselves or our works. We also need to understand that Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. Sorry to disappoint you. Don't get mad at me. He came to fulfill it, and he did. That way we could receive grace. But God doesn't change. So when he speaks about certain things that are detestable to him in the Old Testament, guess what? They are still detestable to him. No, we're not under grace, so it's okay. God didn't change his mind, guys. It's just that the only one who could fulfill it was Jesus. So that means that when you're in relationship with someone, like I'm in relationship with my wife, if I'm constantly grieving her and sinning against her, what's it gonna do to the relationship? It's going to harm it. Let's just get logical. We don't have to try and be all theological. It's just straightforward. So let's not complicate it. And then I believe Paul ends it off with the most powerful thing where he basically says to us, here's here's the final key, guys. Fellowship, communion with the Holy Spirit. That's the key. That's the key. You wanna know Jesus more? You wanna hear from him more? It's the Holy Spirit that'll do it. You wanna know what the love of God is like? It's the Holy Spirit that will show it to you. Are you guys with me? Jesus said in John 16, seven, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth that is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. The helper. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And we know most theologians agree that the reason why is because Jesus could only be in one place, but the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us can be everywhere. Isn't it wonderful? We can save the world. But guess what? Guess what? It's not the only reason why it's your advantage. It's also to your advantage because you have Him with you always. You have Him with you day and night. You have Him with you in every moment. 
every thought. You don't have to get up and do something ritualistic. You can get up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Father. You can speak to Him immediately. And He's not waiting for you in another room. He's already present with you immediately. Well, you know, Pastor Alex, it doesn't work that way. I first have to get to my prayer room. No. I love my prayer room. It's the holiest place in my house. There's no doubt. But when, when I need to be with Him, He's already with me. He hears me immediately. It's to my advantage that He's been sent to me to dwell in me, to be with me so that I can have this intimacy, so that I can have this relationship. Everybody is different. We all respond in, to God in different ways. But one thing we must all be conscious of is that the Holy Spirit is with you the whole time. Of course it's to our advantage. Yes, God has a global mission. God has a global purpose. That's the greater purpose. We get that. But He also loves you personally, individually. That's why Paul couldn't have done it any better. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit. These three things, if we can grasp just these three things that Jesus came to reveal to us, to reveal to us His grace, a better covenant, to reveal to us the love of the Father, and to reveal to us the one we would have fellowship with on a, on a, on a not a daily basis, but He's with you always, the whole time. It's frightening. He knows my thoughts. He's there. He knows. So when I go and pray, I can't be like, well, you know, Lord, I don't really. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> That's why the Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth because they'll just, they, they, He's with Him always. When I go before Him, it's just, here I am, Lord. I don't have to go to Jerusalem. It's not this mountain or that mountain. He's right here with me all the time. It's to your advantage that I send him. At the beginning of the evening when I came up here, I, I, I really felt that there were people that were burdened. I'm here to tell you that he came to take that burden away. That the one who is able to remove every burden, every yoke, every struggle. He's living inside you. And He's available all the time. He already knows what you're gonna ask before He asks, because, before you ask, because he's, He already knows everything you're thinking. That's the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? And scary at the same time? <laughs> I'm so grateful that Jesus sent His Spirit to dwell with us, to be in us, so that we could have fellowship with God all the time. And as I said, we're all different. We have different things that we connect with God in, with, but you need to understand that the one who you will have fellowship with is the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you this evening to, to get to know Him. You don't have to wait for a Saturday night or a Sunday morning 
to be set free from your burdens. He wants to do it always. Because how many of you know that when you're having burdens or carrying, having struggles, sometimes it's harder to pray or harder to connect with God. Come on, somebody. Maybe it's just me. Let's pray. Father, this evening in this place, we are so grateful, God. Sometimes when we read your word, it's amazing how it all is perfectly put together. Every word exactly the way it's supposed to be written. It's not complicated, but we have a tendency to complicate it. Your word clearly tells us where our grace comes from. Your word expresses what true love looks like. And that we have a heavenly father, a father in heaven that loves us so much. He did everything to restore us and to save us. And you made sure that we would not be alone, but that you would send your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful that you are here. We are so thankful that we can know you, that we can walk with you, that we can hear your voice, that if we choose to make time for you, you will speak to us and lead us and teach us and show us things to come. So this evening in this place, I pray, Father, whether it be any one of those areas that any person in this building or even maybe watching online, Maybe they've struggled with grace and not understood that, that, that your grace is sufficient for them. Maybe they've not understood that because of sins or things they've done where, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. It's not a license, but, but, it, but, it, but Father, your grace is sufficient. And you are good and merciful and love, full of love. I thank you, Father, that, that maybe if someone came here and has felt like the relationship between you and them is, is not the way it should be, they don't have to look far for it to be restored. They don't have to, have, to, have to reach out to the heavens to be heard from you or by you. But you live right on the inside of them. The Spirit of truth, the helper, the comforter, I'm so grateful that you are here. I'm so thankful that you're in this place tonight, Lord. And so I just pray right now, under the sound of my voice, for every single person in this building, maybe watching online, Father, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would encounter them, that you would manifest yourself to them. But more than anything, I pray that they would walk with you that they would desire to hear you, to be led by you. We are so thankful, Lord, for everything that you have done. We are so grateful for mercy, for love, for grace, for fellowship. We're so grateful. And we thank you for it tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus.
I just want to ask if there's anybody that's come here this evening and you've heard the word tonight, but maybe you've struggled in any one of those areas. Can I ask you if you've, if you've struggled maybe with grace, you've felt that there's, there's, grace isn't for you or you've struggled in that area, you felt like you've been, you're not walking with the Lord like you were, you're far from God. Maybe you've never been able to experience His love that way or maybe you've never been able to experience that fellowship or relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can I see your hand real quick? Don't be, don't be embarrassed. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. If there's anybody that wants us to pray for them tonight, for any of those things, just quickly come to the front. Don't be afraid. Come to the front quickly. Come, young man, come. Come. stretch your hands out towards them. Father, we just thank you so much. You know exactly what they've come up for prayer for, Lord. I pray that tonight's word, that their eyes and their understanding would be enlightened, that they would understand and have a revelation that you are with them. Fill them up, Lord, tonight, just with more of you. Strengthen this young lady, God. Never the same. Never the same. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. His grace is sufficient for you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just fill her up, God, with more of you. There he is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Never the same. hear his voice clearer than ever. He'll become more real to you than he ever has before from tonight. This is your turning point right now. In Jesus' name, be free, be healed, be made whole in the name of Jesus. And you'll never look back. You'll never look back. And he'll be with you always. Always, in Jesus' name. Just fill him up, Lord. Just strengthen him. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Just touch her now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. There he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're going to go a long way, young man. You're going to go a long way. You're going to walk with him. And he's going to show you things. 
and teach you things and speak to you and talk to you about stuff that you like to talk about. That's what he's going to do. I thank you for this young man, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you guys. You can you can go back to your seat if you can. If you don't, if you're not ready, you can stay. That's okay. <laughs> Amen. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna open up the altar. If anybody needs any prayer for healing or for anything that you need at all, I'm gonna have my pastors will be up here. We'll pray for you. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So now when I pray at the end of the service, that prayer, you'll know what it means. Even more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you. We love you. We honor you. Your word is true. Let us seek it with all of our hearts because it's the truth that sets us free. And that truth makes us free indeed. I give you thanks for every life, every person in this place, Lord. I thank you for, 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 for every single one of them, Lord. Lord, that not only tonight will they learn to draw closer to you, but that you will use them for your glory. We honor you and we love you. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful and peaceful night and we will see you tomorrow. Don't forget to come because Andrew's going to bless us. It's going to be powerful and awesome. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>